0: The Fantasy Focus Football Podcast is presented by Geico. Whether you rent or own, Geico makes it easy to bundle home and auto insurance. Go to Geico.com today. Fantasy.
1: You're in the
0: Welcome in to the Fantasy Focus Football Podcast Wednesday edition. Look Daniel Dobb. The
1: stars of the show.
0: Stefania Bell. I mean, really the only two that you actually need in your life, if I'm being honest with myself. Stefania, how are you doing today? I'm
1: good. You know what? I kind of like this pairing for the Fantasy Podcast.
0: It doesn't feel too bad, does no, it? No, it doesn't. No, in case okay. you guys are wondering, Prison Mike had a uh, meeting with his parole officer <laughs> that he could not get out of. Uh, Field Jates had an, uh, an absentee excuse. Uh, yeah, his mom Not signed a, a note. They mom. were going mm-hmm. to the aquarium later today, and then Matthew Berry is uh, DNP because he's old. So, uh, just like Tim Duncan, <laughs> Veteran Rest veteran Day. Veteran Rest they Day. actually
1: have a category. Right? Yeah, oh, Not yeah. In the injury report. Good. So he can get a Veteran L- Rest
0: Day. Load management. Load management. Exactly. <laughs> For sure. So it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be the two of us plus Keith and Kyle, and we got Jackson back there.
1: I'm impressed, quite frankly, that Keith showed up. I am too. Because you know, we had a little wager.
0: After the Monday night football game that was Forty ers and Browns, do we just do we want to address this real quick with both of you in the room here, just real fast? I
2: think Stefania does. I, I I wouldn't be surprised if <laughs> Why she. Why
1: ever would you say that, Keith? My I'm adjusting my neon
2: microphone. Yeah,
0: for sure.
1: So Keith and I were trying to think of what sort of wager to come up with, friendly. Yeah. But you know, still have it be meaningful, and. uh All I can say is that we're going to have to hold off. I I want it to be a little bit of a surprise. I'm not going to divulge what it is. And for Keith's like, we can just get lunch in the calf. I'm like, dude.
2: (laughs) Nope. who thought his team wasn't going to win.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I was like, uh, first of all, we can get lunch in the calf any day. And I love having lunch with Keith. But that that, that doesn't feel like a punishment. Sure. You know, for either of us. Yeah. I'm like, it's got to be something where there's some mockery involved. Ooh. And there will be.
0: I love it. But it
1: requires all of us to be in the room together. Sure. Like a day when we're all here so we can really fully appreciate it. So uh, that will play out
0: later. Yeah. Love to hear that. Thirsty Kyler, I'm going to have to do that because we have a Monday Night Football matchup we this sure week. We sure do. Which know, is going to be you awesome. Guys, cereal? Uh, no, we're not going <laughs> to do Two boxes, for it, a Monday stop Night Stop it. Two boxes. Life
2: and Captain America. Yeah, it's a big week around here. <laughs> Get yeah. out of here.
1: Kyle's living on the edge before <laughs> he, he gets married. So... You
2: know? He's so. One
1: gonna last on fling,
2: Stefania. You know how this goes. <laughs> Two bucks. It's the equivalent it? of his bachelor party. Oh yeah. Getting <laughs> wild. Uh,
1: I'm not gonna put milk on my cereal. I'm gonna put apple juice on that's it. So
2: wow, let's not get Crazy, Stefania. I love it.
0: Alright, speaking of getting crazy, Stefania, we got a bunch of injury news to get into, so uh Jackson, why don't we do this?
1: She's not a cone. She's your favorite girl. She's Stefania Bale.
0: Not a cone. Well, Francis. I don't know. I got to say I love Kitten Chip, but that's like the one thing that I I take issue with.
1: That's why I love them the most. Mm
0: -hmm. Stefania, we got a couple of guys that we definitely want to talk about here. And let's start with someone that is a massive, massive update for players that have problems at running back. David Johnson is dealing with a back issue. What is it that we know about David Johnson?
1: What we know is that his back stiffened up on him during the course of the game. You know, it's funny because somebody turned to me in the... In the room where we watch games on Sundays, we're all there. And there's, of course, this week, wasn't it like 10 games on early? And yeah, two? and then two, four. So when you're trying to watch all these games at once, I can't keep my eyes on something. People tend to yell at me when they're like, hey, what happened to so and so? Or what's going on with so and so? <laughs> and I got three like, hey, is David Johnson hurt? Is David Johnson hurt? And then I looked up and I saw him in the game. I'm like, why are you guys asking me this question? Well, it, it, I think he came out and in a few times and his back apparently stiffened up. They haven't offered any more of a specific diagnosis. The team has said they will monitor him this week, um, but it certainly could impact him. Even if even if he plays, the problem with these back issues is sometimes you feel pretty good. You get treatment during the week, you go into the game, and then it becomes a problem intermittently. Um, I've ranked David Johnson where I normally would for now, um, and so I ranked him at eighth. And But I increased my uh, ranking on Chase Edmonds. I moved him up to 40 because I think that he will play a role this week and potentially more of one if David Johnson is uh, truly limited.
0: Yeah, and and it's too bad because David Johnson last week, especially with the way the Cardinals played, finally started to have a little bit more of that David Johnson that we had liked to see, 91 rushing yards in Week 5 against the Bengals, on pace for 77 receptions, 790 receiving yards, still a little bit less than the superstar David Johnson that we had Come to know and love in in 2016 and 2017, but man, if he goes down, especially when these Cardinals just start playing well, it's going to be a blow to some fantasy rosters. Yeah,
1: I have, I, I think it's going to be more of one of these tricky ones for for fantasy players, where it's like he comes in, he's going to play, and you're just keeping your fingers crossed that it doesn't bother him. We'll see. Because if uh, he plays, so you have to room. roll
0: him out there, right? So
1: yeah, without question.
0: All right, moving on to Sammy Watkins, Talking. who unfortunately sunk one of my fantasy teams that I needed in a uh, in a big Sunday night game.
1: Oh yeah, I'm just thinking we haven't yet talked about my magnificent score over field yet. Oh
0: okay, <laughs> all right, I'll everything's about Stefania later. today. Is yep. It,
1: you know what? When you get a score like that, you are allowed to brag about it. Field I'll talked never about do it quite it again. a bit. I know. I, I listened to that part and yeah. I turned off the podcast. <laughs> I just wanted to hear him complain. Uh, uh, Sammy Watkins. Yes. Uh, look, soft tissue injuries. Not a stranger to them, unfortunately. We we know he's had issues in the past, a hamstring injury in the first quarter. So he was out of this game early, and that's yeah. why you were so hurt by it. The expectation was that he was going to be further evaluated on Monday. That's what the team indicated. Remember, practice reports for teams that are playing other than Thursday night don't come out until today. So yeah. we're not likely to learn much until later in the week. But uh, I would not be surprised hamstring injuries, especially if it takes you out of the game and you don't come back and it's that significant, they they often go more than one week.
0: Yeah. We'll talk more about Tyreek Hill a little bit later on in the show, but I'm just curious if you had a sense one way or the other, Meikle Hardman or Demarcus Robinson or, you know, are you going to pop until you can't stop with uh, Mr. Pringle over there? <laughs> do you have one that you like more than the rest?
1: Boy, boy. that's so marginal. But, okay, come on! I it's did, this saw... chair. I'm, I'm I'm
0: trying to make <laughs> yeah. something here.
1: That's true. It is the chair. I know. I do like Pringle just because I like saying it. Um, but uh, Michael Hardman. Michael Hardman. My guy. I like the big play upside. That's what I'm looking for.
0: Okay. Speaking of big play upside, a guy. I mean, we could literally talk about the entire Giants roster, and and we probably will a little bit later in the show. But we will. Evan Ingram Actually, dealing with about an the MCL sprain.
1: Uh, At least all the skilled position players for the Giants because they are in trouble. But one of the people they are in trouble because of is Evan Engram, who Adam Schefter reported has a sprained MCL, medial collateral ligaments. The ligament reinforces the inside of the knee. It's tough. I mean, guys, when you have an MCL sprain, it's just like any other sprain. There's a variety of manifestations depending on the severity of the injury. But anytime you have to cut, plant cut to the inside, that stresses that ligament It's hard to even run at full speed depending on the severity of the injury because sometimes you just don't have full motion in your knee. Uh, So to turn around and play four days later Mm -hmm. off of a sprained MCL, highly unlikely. Apparently he was out yesterday uh, running some routes. Now the teams, the Patriots and the Giants, not practicing this week. So uh, they're just doing some light work, walkthroughs. Had a sleeve on that left leg. Uh, Jordan Ronan, who obviously covers the Giants for us, said – He was out the running routes, and his quote was, didn't look great. So it's not encouraging. Even Chapter said challenge for him to play. I agree. Also hearing, weather's going to be pretty nasty up in New England. So if you're worried about things that could potentially stress that, you know, slippery surface, yeah. Not good. Not good. Not Not good. And here we
0: are in week six where, congratulations, Rhett Ellison may be (laughs) in your fantasy lineup. Stop it. That is exciting. Stop Are you starting it. Red Ellison in any no, leagues this I'll take week?
1: Jeff Swaim over Red Ellison. Oh, okay. We'll talk about him All later. right, deal. But uh, you know, but me like look, Golden Tate could be the guy this week. That's all yeah. I'm saying.
0: All right. I love me some Golden Tate. Uh Jalen Samuels, let's move on to him. Out with a knee injury, Stefania. What do we know about the backup Steelers running back?
1: Yeah, it came as a bit of a surprise. Arthroscopic surgery for Jalen on Monday. Uh, we're hearing that he's gonna be out about a month. That's coming from Mike Tomlin love Pittsburgh. They're fairly straightforward about these things. You already know that you would need to expect that Jalen Samuels will not be there. James Conner's been a little bit banged up this year, and I think that Jalen Samuels has helped alleviate some of the workload for him. So now they will be minus Jalen Samuels.
0: Yeah. So you're looking for maybe a healthier workload from James Conner, or you could look at potentially Benny Snell. Uh, I'm going to go to my resident uh, Pittsburgh expert in Keith. And Keith, what can you tell me about Benny Snell that I need to know?
2: I would think in this situation, not enough to pick him up. Okay. Frankly, I, I think that the pass catcher is still going to be Connor. You know, I, I don't think they would, you know, that Benny Snell has not shown that he's a pass catching type of back. Sure. Um. So I think Connor's workload is, is what increases here. Okay. So and I'm not big on picking up Snell. Obviously if you have Connor, you know, as a handcuff, you know, for the next couple of weeks, at least certainly, but, with them being on a bye next week, it's a, it's a situation where Snell would be eating up a roster spot for a week as well. So
0: I'll say this. If you were rostering Jalen Samuels as the handcuff to James Conner, I would be comfortable dropping him and trying to figure out whether it's Snell or somebody else to be able to plug into that spot in your lineup, uh, hopefully on your bench, though.
1: Yeah, you can go back and get
0: him later. Yeah. So, Stefania, you are not going to be here tomorrow, so I'm just going to give you the floor. Why don't you give us a couple other injuries, some quick hitters that you just want to run through to make sure that all of our listeners and viewers— are good yes, to go with I their injury mean, information. I
1: wouldn't, I wouldn't want to leave you stranded on Thursday morning, but as Matthew does.
0: Okay. <laughs> All right.
1: Because the list is long, and normally on Thursday we run through the Thursday night game, uh, but I think you can take your clues already from what's happening. So Giants in New England, we already mentioned that. Uh, probably not going to be very nice weather conditions. Wayne Gallman already out. Let's go through the Giants side first, by the way. Wayne Gallman out uh, with a concussion, not practicing. He He's not going to play. Um, Saquon Barkley, this is the one everybody's waiting to hear about. Is he or isn't he going to play? A lot of excitement last week when he was outside doing some light work, some um, some running, not quite full speed, but some running and some change of direction things. Uh, listed as limited Monday and Tuesday. Again, reminder, Giants not practicing, so these are projected work estimations. Yep. Uh, but again, Jordan Ronan, th- there was some back and forth, right? Because Pat Shermer is like, well, you know, could be that he's playing. Jordan reports later unlikely to play. Um if you think about it, he's only 16 days post this high ankle injury. Gosh. And I've said all along that this is really about looking at the health of the player long term. And he can look really good doing all these things, but he hasn't had the ultimate test yet. And I'm just not sure that you want to have that in a game that could be sloppy against the Patriots of all teams. Um at 16 days post. Yeah. Think of this. If he were to not play in this game and you have another 10 days until your following game, that's 26 days, puts you close to four weeks. This this uh, injury sort of had a four-week look to it once we heard that it was not as severe as originally projected to be. So I would think that everyone's going to be a lot more comfortable if Saquon comes back in week seven versus week six because it matches closer to the four-week window. Now, he has said he's not ruling himself out. He's going to get on the bus. But he also said he will trust the decision of the athletic trainers and the rest of the medical staff. Which, I would, You know, good idea.
0: And I roster Saquon so in a couple of leagues. I would love to be able to have him this week. But for the long-term fantasy impact, I would much rather see him take this week off and make sure that he's fully healthy so that there's not an aggravation, not a re aggravation, mind you, an aggravation. I'm so proud. Later on so in the season. Me, also, rain is likely tomorrow, up to 40 mile per hour winds for that game. Right. So if you want to talk about a sloppy playing really
1: field. really
0: tough on your ankle. Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> I know what you mean, though. The conditions are lousy. It's which just is what I bad said. conditions, yeah. Stefania. Jeez. I know. I know. I'm just teasing. But so, and we already went with, uh, we already talked about Evan Ingram. So look at all those injuries for the Giants. Now, if you flip over to the opponent, the Patriots, they're not without their own injury concerns themselves. We've got um, Philip Dorsett, we already know hamstring, and they're calling him week to week. So he's out. Just make sure you know that. Uh, Rex Burkett didn't play last week because of this foot injury. He was out of that game, listed um, as limited. Again, Patriots, just like the Giants, not really practicing this week. Uh, but that's one where you know you you could go down to the wire before we find it. We'll probably have a better idea tomorrow morning. I I wouldn't be surprised if it comes in it questionable, and then they decide.
0: Whoa! Who didn't shut Excuse their cell you. phone oh off before gosh. the show started? They in
1: that chair, really? Wow! That's really
0: incredible. It's is Beth calling? Like, is, it, it was not Nicely Beth. Done. It is it is Nicely not Beth. Done, Thank you, Kyle.
1: Okay, where was I, Matthew? I don't okay. remember. J- I wasn't listening. Julie, <laughs> so on brand for Matthew. Julian Edelman limited with the chest injury. If you've watched, have you watched Julian Edelman in the I have. last couple games? Yep, it's phenomenal what he's doing because he is producing like crazy, just like you would expect. But he's hurting. I mean, he got up a few times and sort of grabbed his rib cage. You could see him laboring a little bit. He's not comfortable. He's far from being a hundred percent, but he still plays, and that's all you need to know. He's going to play. Josh Gordon also on the injury report because of his knee. He was last week, too. I expect him to play. But I think you're not seeing the full top-flight speed from Josh Gordon, and, and that might be a reason why.
0: Yeah, it seems like the both of these teams not being at 100% on Thursday night football. It really will,
1: bodes well for a Thursday night game. It's going to be know?
0: super fun from that standpoint. I'll tell you what is super fun, though. I wish Mike Clay was here because he'd love this. Analyzing numbers. <laughs> Pouring over projections, spotting trends, all the things you do to set your fantasy lineup every week.
1: All well, the things Mike Clay
0: does. Well, that's honest. that's true. And then I just text Mike Clay, "Hey, did you <laughs> can you analyze my lineup for me?" But you know, investors do the same thing for their portfolio every day. What does that mean? It means you might have the skills to trade. And TD Ameritrade has all the tools you need to take your investing knowledge to the next <laughs> level. There's paper money so you can practice trading risk-free data visualization tools like charting and heat mapping to help you spot trends in the market, and they'll even create an investing training plan that's unique to you and your needs, complete with exclusive videos, webcasts, and courses. To talk to TD Ameritrade, take your analytical skills to the next level from fantasy gridiron to the trading floor. Just visit tdameritrade.com slash fantasy to learn more. That's TD slash fantasy to get started, remember S-I-P-C. All right, Stefania, let's break into some rankings here because obviously Wednesday, all of our rankings go up on ESPN.com, so make sure you go check those out. There's one here, though, that I am intrigued by because Chris Carson of the Seattle Supersonic Seahawks. I wish they were the Seattle Super Seahawks. How cool would that be? Wouldn't that be cool? No. Okay.
1: Well, My team's in the NFC West, so they're not,
0: okay, all right. no, they're not Uh happy. Matthew has uh, Chris Carson at 6, field at 9, and you have Chris Carson at 18 oh, going no. up against the Cleveland Browns. Stefania, what is it that has you down a little bit on Chris Carson? Well,
1: I, I was down a little bit on him. I don't think I realized I was this down uh, relative to the others. And who knows? Maybe I'm wrong. Unlike my DK Metcalf call when he scored a touchdown. But uh, I just I, – I don't love Chris Carson right now. And I'm, I'm not – I can't totally put my finger on it, but I'll give you a couple things why. And it, it, some of it, when I look at the rankings – I honestly look at would I play this one over this one when I'm ranking them, not just totally what they expect to do, but if I'm setting my lineup, how comfortable am I feeling? I look at the matchups, I look at what they're doing, um I look obviously injury concerns, and yep. then I sit there and go through the exercise of if I had to pick between these two, where am I putting them especially and and in in this it's sort of a cluster right once you get outside the top ten um Chris Carson to me, has not been as productive of late. We know about the fumbles. I think Rashad Penny being back colored my uh, feelings about it, too. Rashad Penny, this was his first game back after missing two games with a hamstring injury. Carried the ball six times for 18 yards, two receptions for 31 yards. One was like a 30-yard reception. So you, you could see the value of Rashad Penny as a change of pace. I get it. He's not there to totally split the workload. But it does make a dent sure. uh, into Chris, Carton, Chris Carson's work. He only played 12 snaps. I get it. But it still takes away some of uh, Chris Carson's work. And I just have this feeling that Seattle's going to go a little bit pass heavier against Cleveland because, you know, I saw a team that could gash them both running and passing. And I do think they, Seattle should, might follow a similar formula. So I think you'll get some volume out of Chris Carson, but I don't necessarily see the long breakaway runs. And I think you'll see a lot of Russell Wilson in this game. Also, couple stats. Seattle is the sixth. Pass-heaviest red zone offense in the NFL this season ahead of the Chiefs. Sixth pass-heaviest uh, red zone offense. So they are not running the ball in the red zone. In fact, they haven't rushed for a touchdown since week one. Wow. So when you're looking for a touchdown point, I feel like Mina Kimes would really enjoy that stat. Yeah, you think, you know, I think so. said that They're pass-heavy in the red zone. I yeah. think she has some sensitivity to that. <laughs> um, Chris Carson caught nine passes for 61 yards in his first two games this season. Six catches for 44 yards in the three games since. So I think his pass volume has gone down, and all of this contributes to just a little bit lower fantasy production. And that's where I'm at.
0: Okay, I so, think that's
1: you know slice me up for it.
0: Still, I, I'm not going to slice you up. Still, obviously a, a running back that you are starting. So that is not a that is not a conversation. 15 carries in every game this season. Only him and Leonard Fournette have 100 yards over the last two games. But you are right. I mean, not getting a ton of help. Um, you know, when you look at you look at that team and you're trying to figure out. Which way are they going to go? Keith, actually, I'm going to throw this to you, Keith, because as a Browns fan, where is it that you feel like the Browns can be beat the
2: best? Is it on the ground or through the air? Well, it's funny. I mean, I think it really depends on your offense. But right now, there's a little bit too much being made about there being without Greedy Williams and Denzel Ward. The backups actually have played just fine on the whole. I've been disappointed with the defensive front because I thought it would be a dominant front across the board. I think we all did. You know, I mean, no doubt that Miles Garrett has been great, but I expected more from Olivier Vernon. Um, I think that in the middle, Richardson has been good, you know, but I, I just expected a little bit more. I thought, I thought they would be a dominant front and then the rest of the defense would just benefit from that. Sure. The linebacker unit is thin. There's no question that Schobert is amazing. He gets, a, he gets, a, he's all over the field at all times. Mack Wilson is a rookie and he is talented, but he's not Christian Kirksey. At least not yet. You and know, I think, so. You know,
1: to be the, fair, yeah. like the the passing game for the 49ers is not their strength, especially like downfield passing. But the Seahawks, they got a couple guys who can motor, you know, in DK Metcalf. And, you know, Tyler Lockett is so versatile in terms of whether he's playing out of the slot or playing on the perimeter. I think that it is going to present a tougher challenge for their secondary.
2: I expect they're going to try to play that game. Against the Seahawks, similar to the way they played it against the Rams, where they will try to keep the the uh, receivers in front of them. Yeah, and and that that was their goal against the Rams. Right. Don't get beat over the top. So they were willing to give them the eight yard completion. Now the key is, of course, tackling. You yeah, got to be yeah. able to tackle if you're gonna if you're gonna give up seventy percent completion rate, which Russell Wilson is as accurate as they come. He's going to complete his passes. You got to make sure you get him on the ground. So that's going to be a, a definitely a challenge not to get beat deep by. Lock it because let's face it, every game, no matter what, everybody knows it's coming, and somehow he still gets you every game.
1: Should be frozen in immortality. Did you guys see the? the, oh, the, the I mean love the, the Michael, the Michael Jackson. Jackson. Oh man, that was that perfect. might be one of my favorite things ever with the toes. You know, the so smooth good. criminal. Who was so good, and I just looking at that, I was like, that's unbelievable. His body control making that catch was unreal. I just, I would have given
0: up. I'm one with one you. Rather than frozen in immortality, I think frozen in carbonite. Yeah,
1: whatever. I, uh, you know what?
0: You know what I mean? You get it? No. It's a Star Wars reference. Come on. Frozen Certainly in- more practical to go that route. Right? Exactly.
1: I said frozen in immortality. It was stupid anyway. <laughs> it needed to be. It needed to be. It needed to be taken out. You, you had every right to call me out on that.
0: Listen. Dumb. Listen. Carbonite's nothing to mess with either. All right. Let's move on. And you actually... So most of our rankers have this switched here. So we're going to talk about Chargers running backs here. But Melvin Gordon, Stefania Bell, you have... As running back 12, heading into week six, Matthew has him at 23. Field Jates have him at 19. You obviously Melvin have Melvin
1: Gordon with Why a do you not? Fashion. Yeah,
0: why are why are they stupid because idiots and you're I so smart? I believe
1: Anthony Lynn tells the truth. I okay. believe Anthony Lynn when he says that Melvin Gordon is their number one guy. I believe him when he says that Melvin Gordon is going to come back and be their number one back. And I also believed him when he said that they were not going to use him as much in his first game until they were sure that he could handle the load. I think they saw what they saw. Was not sure he was a little bit rusty? I I was expecting that. So did I care that he didn't put up huge numbers? No, because I probably, you know, if you started, I had to start him in one league where I I had him and held on to him. It wasn't great, but I think better things are to come. And I think this is the week that that starts to happen. Um, Yes, he got out snapped by Austin Eckler, 41 to 31 in this first start of the year. But he is going to see more work. And I think that the 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 performance is going to come. Um, you know, I think there's the one stat that Kyle gave us that I really like, because I think it's reflective of how they game plan for him, how the Chargers game plan to use him, was that he got seven of the Chargers running back touches on first and second down in the first quarter. He was featured early and then they laid off. Yep. And I think that he's just going to get more volume, more work. He'll have a full week of practice with them again. Austin Eckler is not going away, and I'm not suggesting that he is. And I think what we saw was how they used Austin Eckler was as a pass catcher. So there's tons of value for him. I think you potentially have two viable starting running backs in the Chargers. It's not like we can't see that happen, 49ers. You can have two viable starting running backs that are doing different types of work, and I think that's what's going to happen here.
0: Well, especially when you look at the way that—I wish more offenses would do this, where they would line two running backs up in the backfield that— can both do a lot of things, but they have a different enough skill set that Austin Eckler can roll out and basically be a slot receiver if they right. decide they want him to be that. And so I know we broke that down on Monday where we're looking at where uh, Eckler's routes were run out of the backfield. And the idea that, okay, so you've got both of them back there, now defenses have to figure out. Which, exactly.
1: Who, who, who are, do I have to who, stop? Who are we following? Who are we paying attention to? They're not going to totally give it. you think the defenses are going to be like, oh, yeah, Melvin Gordy, he didn't have a good... First week back after being out of football since 2018. Right. So we can just ignore him. and No. And I, I think this is, you know, Anthony Lynn is a straight shooter. He's great about telling you, updating players who have injuries and basically letting you know truthfully where they are and if they expect to have them or not. And I think he's being very straightforward here. I know we've talked about this, you know, I know Matthew's being on what do you do in the locker room when Eckler's gotten well, they're not taking him out of the game. I think they're just going to be more creative in terms of how they use him, but I do think uh, Melvin Gordon surprises you this week.
0: If you had to make a decision, which one? Because you had Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler for some reason, maybe you grab Melvin Gordon and then you got Eckler as a handcuff in the draft. Which one are you starting this week? If you had to decide, that's a tough one.
1: I know. I'm probably going to put my money where my mouth is and go with Melvin Gordon. Okay. Um. But I, I would, I would not make that. Decision. I'd probably start both of them and sit somebody else. To be honest, if I had them both.
0: Okay. That's big. That's 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 following your bet right there, Stephanie. Yeah.
1: Well, one, you know, I'd put one in the flex. Yep. Because I would like. Who's my other starter? Because I probably got a pretty good running back if I drafted Melvin Gordon. Because I got him for.
0: Yeah, your team eight. is probably Mahomes, CMC, Melvin Gordon, DeAndre Hopkins. OBJ, yeah. just knowing the way you draft. Yeah. You draft real well. <laughs> so
1: I know. Well, you know, I did score over 200 points in one of my leagues. Oh, I heard yeah. that, okay. actually.
0: I heard you did, did that.
1: It's a 16-team league. I'm not going to brag, but um, DJ well. Chark in the 16th round of a 16-team league. That's worked out pretty well. Is that not bragging?
0: Can I get a ruling on that? Is that bragging? One hundred percent bragging. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm, sure. I'm not gonna brag, but here is no, the no. line. That's like a total Matthew. Not even knows. Not I'm even just,
2: humble brag. No.
1: <laughs> no. no, I'm just I'm <laughs> stating facts. <laughs> yeah, I got him in the 16th round. I yeah. was 16 team. You've league, been hanging so out with I'm Matthew sure. too much.
0: Part. Not gonna brag, no. but here's all the reasons why I was really smart.
1: Beth.
0: Okay, Beth, you're hanging out. That's fair. All right. 49ers running backs. Topic. Yeah, this one's one that's near and dear to your heart because, man, did they look fantastic? I want to know this. So
1: Keith. They really did.
0: They looked amazing. They really, like, Tevin (laughs) Coleman looked, like, I love being able to see him run the way he did because he looked good. My question is, and I know that, listen. I'm a homer. I don't want to say that, but, but, but I I I will say that. How much of that is they look good and that's just what they are. And the Cleveland rush defense is really bad. Do those have to be mutually exclusive?
1: No, I don't think so. I, I, I mean, I, my, my text. Room was going then because I was communicating. My brother was freaking out; he was so happy. I was uh, texting with Melissa Jacobs, a football yep. girl who is a fellow Forty Nine er fan, and she she was begging me to get on a plane that morning, actually, to go to the game. And <laughs> I mean, this is like we're and it was so great. There's a couple things that we have. We have a pass rush. Yeah, that was amazing to see. Looks good. It was really fun to watch. But we also have um, this zone. We were we we're talking about this zone blocking. I I feel like. Kyle Shanahan is seeing his vision being executed finally. Yeah. He's got the personnel to do it. Uh, everyone's healthy enough for him to do it. And this is what they've been hoping to get to. And it's finally actually taking shape. We didn't know how Tevin Coleman was going to look coming off the high ankle sprain. been four weeks. Uh, but they had felt very good about what he was doing in practice during the course of the bye week. And they didn't overuse him and they didn't have to. It's the strength of having a couple running backs who can carry the workload. But when he was out there, he looked fresh. And I think his familiarity with Shanahan from their time together before has paid off because it was, we, we only saw him barely in week one. So we haven't seen him run this often. Yeah. And then we saw it and he, he looked fantastic. And then Matt Breida is just so skilled in multiple ways. And, and both of these guys had this burst through the line that was really impressive so uh, i think this is another team where you have two running backs who can have legit value um i'm going to give you a couple stats that i think are very exciting i will um, decide if they're exciting but you can give them to me i I will decide that's fair yeah okay the running game on monday night the running game for the 49ers 275 yards on 40 carries that's exciting yeah they are definitely they were definitely running the ball um, like Kyle says here, 54.5%, the run heaviest team in the NFL right now. Obviously, you, you want to have balance, but it's good to see that their run game is certainly being executed. Last, this is from uh, ESPN stats and info. Okay. So it's not just things I'm making up. Um, the you 49ers called. Show? It, no, no, but I mean, you might. You the way might you wonder,
0: preface that makes me wonder now, like, how many other things have you made up? Should we rewind and go back through everything?
1: I come with hard science. It's usually injury related though. Okay. So I'm getting a chance to, hard like, science. to like bring you the That's uh, different than hard. soft science. I just want
2: everybody to know. You come with hard justice sometimes. That's right, yeah. Daniel.
1: <laughs> I don't think I want to go anywhere else with those descriptors. We're just gonna move on. The Forty ers called the designed run play forty percent of the time last year. Okay. So did the Rams. Okay. This year the Rams are down to thirty one percent, which is twenty eighth in the NFL. This year, the 49ers are calling a design run play 55% of the time, highest rate by any team through four games since the 2010 Pittsburgh Steelers. Wow. And guess who they play this week? The Rams.
0: Amazing. So now we get to see which running game is better. We've
1: seen, well, we know that the Rams' run game has suffered this year. This is like, uh, so I just thought it was interesting. If you look at their play, say what they want, their play, their designed run plays are down and we have the stats to prove it. Um, I think in Kyle Shanahan's offense, the run game has to be effective in order for the whole offense to work. We don't have the deep threat, um, fancy, rock star wide receivers. We have wide receivers who can be versatile and do different things, but you saw there's a lot of short passing, intermediate passing, and another interesting fact, there have been seven touchdowns the 49ers have scored this year, Each pass, uh, seven passing touchdowns each passing, Reception for a touchdown has gone to a different player, George Kittle. That was his first touchdown this year, but they've gone to all these different guys. I'd so. like to
0: change that a little bit because as somebody that rosters George Kittle on a handful of teams, I'd love yes. to have more than one. From well, him. I think
1: now that they've spread it around, so that everybody, you know, like you get a touchdown, you get a touchdown. You yeah, get a touchdown. A, he, Jimmy Graham was the Oprah Winfrey of now, this team. Now yes. it's okay for George Kittle to go ahead and score a bunch more. Yeah, I actually think you're going to see him. Look, it's going to be interesting because check is out now. Yeah. This fullback who is. Perhaps the best fullback in the league.
0: I would say easily he should be considered that if he's not. But like he is fantastic not only as a run blocker, but everything he can do with the ball in his hands as a pass catcher. I right. mean, he is he is something different from a fullback position that, that no other fullback in the league is.
1: So I think um, it's interesting Is the 49ers, from my understanding, are not looking to replace him with another fullback because they don't believe that there's somebody who has that versatility. So they're going to use some of their other offensive skill players. I don't know. Nick Bauden
0: f- is pretty good, guys. Detroit Lions Explain, fullback.
1: You know what? Okay. Stop it. You didn't
0: I even have, know who Nick <laughs> Baden is and <laughs> he's the he's the best fullback in the league behind well, I might be biased. Anyways, <laughs> keep going.
1: So, uh, I think you're going to see these other guys fill in. You know, you're going to see George Kittle yep. do some things that normally you'd check would have done. So, anyway, I'm excited. In case you couldn't tell, I'm sorry Keith, but I'm not very sorry.
2: You don't you don't need to be sorry. <laughs> that was impressive and depressing for me.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, uh you know, we're good. And I didn't even talk about the defense.
2: Nope. No, man, they look fantastic,
0: coming. too. Um.
1: So, anyway, do you want to say anything about these 49 49- I mean, for I, fantasy purposes, how do you feel? I love do you Feel Would you be comfortable starting? Look, Raheem Mostert even got a couple plays, but I said la- last week that he was... He was going to be the odd man out. He's valuable on special teams. This is really going to be a Tevin Coleman, Matt Breida show, and they're going to dominate the running back workload.
0: I am all in on Tevin Coleman. I am all in on Matt Breida. I have both of them as a flex play for me. I want to be able to see more because there's enough of a split there that I don't feel like either one has proven themselves as an RB2, and it's still such small sample size with both of them being in there. Uh, So I'm interested to see how that's going to play going forward. But I think you could roll either one of them out in your lineup and feel comfortable that you are going to get – Yes. legitimate fantasy points. The big for that question
1: week. is: Can both of them stay healthy? That yeah. will be the big question going forward. And if they can, then I think both of them can be productive going forward in this offense.
0: Did Did Kyle Shanahan ever coach for the Washington Redskins, Keith? Am um, I <laughs> am I wrong on that?
1: No, he did.
0: He oh, he did right. Yeah. Not as a head coach. Not no, as a head coach, no, no. but he I mean, was, he was yeah, But he was an assistant coach. Yeah. Yes. Did um. The other Sean McVay, the coach of the other team, did he ever coach for the?
1: He he, he may have. He did. Yeah, and, oh. and, and he did as a matter of fact. Matt, Matt Lafleur.
0: Oh, Matt Lafleur also interesting.
2: Yeah. Wow. Hmm. They could bring Joe Gibbs back too. Interesting. In <laughs> <rest>. <laughs> all right, He's, Yeah, you know, he'll have Sundays but, off soon once Nascar's well, over. This is
0: uh, this is what the Redskins could look like had they kept any of their good coaches on their roster. Oh. Uh, <laughs> all right. Let's let's move He's ahead been. to. Yeah. Uh, Huge name, somebody that everybody's been waiting to be able to come back. Tyreek Hill, obviously, when he is back and fully healthy, you know that he's going to be a top five wide receiver almost across the board.
1: Yeah, we've seen him out there in the shorts and, and doing a little bit in practice. Andy Reid said on Monday that he's optimistic that Hill will get clearance to fully practice at some point this week. Okay, So if that happens, that's like the last final step before you determine that he can take contact and go into, into a game. Uh, not I'm not saying or suggesting that he's going to be available this week. I think we don't know the answer to that yet. But, you know, what What are we? Are we fight? Was he hurt in week one? Off the top of my head, I can't recall. That. Uh, was it week, week one or two. For
0: Tyreek Hill. I believe that he was hurt in week one. He, I think he I had a couple. Was week yeah. One. yeah, he yeah, had a yeah. couple.
1: So the example that we gave of like the one comp that we have was Danny Amendola with the five week absence before he returned following a posterior sternoclavicular dislocation, which is what Tyreek Hill had. And while these are not, there's no formula for time miss, The, the chiefs are executing a very individually tailored plan for Tyreek Hill. The concept of time for the joint to heal, you know, and enough time that the tissue has scarred down. So you are not worried about the player absorbing contact. Those things are probably running in a similar time frame. Looks like he feels good. Yeah, um, We saw this thing where he was out dribbling basketballs with both hands, and that may sound silly, but a lot of that movement through your shoulder will move that area at the sternoclavicular joint, so it's testing it a little bit. And I think if, if we see full practice, we know he's at least very close. So possibly this week if he gets cleared for full practice, and if not this week, but he's fully practicing, then for sure next
0: week. I was going to say, if, if he is out there and playing... Is this one of those injuries where he can play at 75% and you would feel comfortable playing him if he's out there? Or, you know, does he need to come back and be 100% to be, for you to feel confident?
1: Once he's back, like he is just, I'm he reinserting him in my lineup. I mean, there's not, it's not like a hamstring where you're like, oh, ye, you know, yep. test it. And obviously, um, even when you're talking about absorbing contacts, you can't replicate game conditions sure. entirely, but there are things they can do where they feel like, Hey, this is stable enough. We're not going to worry about it. The last thing they would do is put him out there and be like, "Ooh, you know, don't jump in the air and land." You right. know, on right. your shoulder. Like, once they clear him, he's good to go, and that's why they want to be so confident when they do clear him,
0: for sure. And obviously, obviously, it was week one that he went out because as soon as he went out, Sammy Watkins had that massive game that just blew oh, up the right. fantasy. This
1: is true.
0: Listen, the the, the fantasy season you fries your brain when so many things happen. I know. I'll tell um, you what, though, the Chiefs need him back, but they don't need a, they don't have a reason to rush because look at you know. I realize the last two games have been down, but they're four and one. You know, they they don't need to go out there and be like, we are in a position where we have to get W's. Like, they're fine. If they have to wait another week, they can wait another week. But they desperately need him because I think over the last two games you've seen, they've been missing that guy that Tyreek Hill is in their roster. So. Yeah, and
1: they still, you know, they've got the speed and Michael Hardman. They've got some other receivers that are interesting, but they're going to be without Sammy Watkins most likely. Mm-hmm. And so if they're without Sammy Watkins and Tyreek Hill... And Patrick Mahomes got banged up this game. You know, I, I don't think Patrick Mahomes is in danger of missing time. But if his ankle is bothering him, that could impact his ability to throw as effectively. We just take it for granted that he could throw every direction, cross his body, down the field. You know, he can heave it down the field. Well, if your left ankle is bothering you when you step into your throws, that can, that can change your trajectory of your throws a little bit. So um, you need your best receivers out there to support you. It'd be interesting. I also think that um, I think the Chiefs, you're going to see the run game in the red zone a little bit more. They've been passing like crazy in the yeah, red zone. Have. It's very unsettling.
0: Yeah, I'm with you on that one.
1: Talk to Mina. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, let's move on. we got two more guys we want to talk about here from the rankings. Yep. Somebody that I rostered in quite a few leagues, drafted him knowing that I was going to have to wait. But Chris Herndon coming back this week, going up against the Dallas Cowboys. Understanding that Herndon has not been able to practice with the team, has not been out there. Is he somebody that you feel confident, okay, so now he's back and I can just roll him out in my fantasy lineup, don't have to worry about it? Or do you think there's going to be a little bit of easing into action? Understanding all the rest of the variables going on with the Jets of, you know, Sam Darnold who has been cleared, correct? Yeah,
1: Sam Darnold has been cleared to return, so that's exciting for the Jets that are going to get their quarterback back. And if Sam Darnold and Chris Herndon are on the field together, Herndon caught 71 Point one percent. Mike Clay would care uh, about 0.1 that one percent. Seventy-one point one percent of passes when targeted by Darnold last season at fourteen point one yards per catch. Obviously, they they have something they can get going there. Both of them are probably going to be a little bit rusty with the time off. We actually don't know for sure that Chris Herndon will play this first week back. Adam Gase has kind of left it open that he may not play, but he's back practicing. If you're the Jets. You got to play him, right? You'd
0: I think you'd have to. I mean,
1: he wasn't he wasn't missing time because of injury.
0: Nope. And and understanding that you just need playmakers on that offense, right. and you're hoping that he can come out. I'm I am curious, and you always say this, like players, even if they're not practicing with the team, they can still be practicing. They can still be in good shape. They right. can still, but it's just different once they get out there. You're going to find out, you know, how good is he going to be from that standpoint, and you know how much did he stay prepared. So, exactly. but I love Chris Herndon. I mean, long term. Rest of season, the idea of a guy that, like, we watched could last become
1: year. He a really valuable tight end.
0: Especially with such a dearth at the tight end position right. this dearth. year.
1: You said dearth.
0: Yeah, because it's a really good word. <laughs> That's right. All right, last one. Uh, and I cannot believe we're talking. Why are we talking about Jeff Swain? What's going on here where we're talking about Jeff Swain You made the note. Yeah,
1: O'Shaughnessy.
0: O- O'Shack Hennessy, I believe, is his name. That is correct. Yeah, O'Shack Hennessy.
2: He and Peel.
1: O'Shack One of my favorites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. yeah. Okay. I got it wrong, but uh, poor guy tore his ACL. Yeah. He is done for the year. So Jeff Swaim is now the number one tight end. And you might mock me, but Jeff Swaim has caught a ball or two from Gardner Minshew. And I think that he's going to end up becoming more valuable than, than you think. I think he'll, he'll make the top 20. That's why I put him in there. I ranked him 17. Everybody else was outside the top 20. Ye have wow. a little faith.
0: Yeah, seriously. <laughs> All right. I'll take we'll that see. bet. Like, Nope, but, we're going to do it. I say <laughs> Jeff Swain will not be a top 20 tight end in week six.
1: I say Jeff Swain will be a top 20 tight end in week six. Put,
0: Put it on, on the board. board. Put it on the board. And by the oh way, we gosh. just
1: did that to show Mike Clay how it's I done. mean, this
0: is how it works, Mike Clay. I don't know what your problem is, man.
1: He really, he really has an issue. <laughs> and now we're in his head. So now he can't yeah. possibly ever ed- execute a board bet.
0: Oh, that's so good. Stefania.
1: You would think he would have learned something about that in prison.
0: You would think, well, it's, but it's, it's hard. That's a thing, though. It's, it's tough. It's not always easy. Talk to me about ZipRecruiter, Stefania Bell.
1: I will. You know, hiring can be a slow process. Cafe Altura's COO, Dylan Miskowitz needed to hire a director of coffee for his organic coffee company, but he was having trouble finding qualified applicants. So he switched to ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Its technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. So you get qualified candidates fast. Dylan posted his job on ZipRecruiter and said he was impressed by how quickly a great candidates apply. He also used ZipRecruiter's candidate rating feature to filter his applicants so he could focus on the most relevant ones. And that's how Dylan found his new director of coffee in just a few days.
0: A few days? A
1: few days. Oh, my gosh. With results like that, it's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free. Wait, how much? For free. For free? For free. At our web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash 06010. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash 06010. ZipRecruiter.com slash 06010. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire.
0: All right, Stefania, we are going to take a quick break right now. I need one. For those of you that are watching the <laughs> video stream, Matthew Berry is going to teach you how to use handcuffs. What? That's exciting.
1: Not cool, Keith. Not cool, Keith. Not cool, Keith. us and rocks.
0: <laughs> All right, Keith.
1: Yeah, limbs and rocks. See, Cleveland doesn't quite rock right no, now. No, no. Wow. That was, that's a they're, low they're, blow.
2: They're rocky. They're
1: yeah, rocky. Yeah. They're, yeah. Very rocky. Let's get a simple, yeah, s- couple couple
0: social questions. If you guys uh, are watching us or ever you want to get a question in, obviously we are live on Twitter, live on YouTube, live on the ESPN Fantasy Facebook page, and in the ESPN app, sending questions anywhere of those platforms. Keith, what
2: do we got for today? We got a bunch today. Uh, Brian wants to know, concerns about the foot issue lingering for Mark Andrews? Ooh.
1: It's a good question. I I sort of would qualify it as already lingering. I mean, I think part of the reason that it's hard for him to get to 100% is because there are games every week. So uh, I don't know that this will be something that totally resolves within the season. In fact, they had lowered Andrew's practice level up until last week, I think was the first time that he got a full practice in on a Friday going into the week. So uh, when's Baltimore have a bye? That might be a good time for them to, um, you know. Well, work. you're
0: hoping it comes sooner rather than later for him because that would be fantastic to be able to give him just a week to get back to 100% because when Mark Andrews is good, it's week, in week I,
1: eight. I, I, I was holding up fingers. Yeah, that's and a I really, weird way to do. <laughs> I know. Like, what, what who, is, by what the is way, what is this? What is that? <laughs> that I, I was like, it's like yeah. it's like this. Three right? fingers too close. I thought eight, it was going
2: to be hard to week see week from eight, here. Oh this was going to be easier. Yeah. we yeah.
1: are looking through a glass. There's already a glare you yeah. should hold up flashcards. At, like at least
2: you didn't say at least uh, you didn't say week 53. That's good. Yeah, That's yeah. true.
1: Or 35, <laughs> if you're reading it from our side.
2: <laughs> so Corey wants to know, are there any health issues that would stand in the way of Michael Gallup being a wide receiver to the rest of the way? Oh, my gosh. He definitely looked good last week. He I want did, Michael Gallup I, to look good. To me, that good.
1: was the test, right? That yeah. was the first week coming off surgery, and he was super productive. I, I was a little nervous because you never know. Guy's just coming off arthroscopic surgery. In fact... You know, the the range of time for him to miss, like, the window could have been longer, and it was only because he looked so good, felt so good in practice that they allowed him to do a little more, and then he came back in, and I thought, well, are they really going to go to him much? And he looked amazing.
0: He looked amazing, and he's somebody that, like, we've seen the talent that he's had, and especially opposite of Amari Cooper with the way that Dak Prescott is throwing this year. Obviously, he had a couple INTs last week, but, I mean... I- I love the upside of Michael Gallup for the rest of the season, and I'm yep. stoked to be able to see what it is that he can put together with this offense.
2: Anthony wants to know, and a lot of people have done this, so is A.J. AJ, eh, is AJ Green going to be worth the wait when, uh, whenever he does return?
1: It's million-dollar question, right? I mean, I, I feel like, I, how do you answer that? Because words. we don't know. You use words <laughs> to answer it. I think you are being what we call a smart
0: Alec, Alec, Alec.
1: <laughs> if we'd like to say,
0: my mom is watching Stefania. All right, and she will
1: find you twenty-five I cents love a letter, your mom. That is what we are calling you, but you know what I mean. Yep. Yeah. Read between the lines, and yeah, she um,
2: she is watching. By the way, here,
1: yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, she I has chimed her. in on the chat. Oh, awesome. Um, here's the thing: we said all along that or I have said all along, that I wasn't only worried about when he would come back, but how he would be after he comes back. Yep. The longer he's out, the more concerning it gets. I saw some video of him working on the side, though, the other day. That was unbelievable. You know, like working with a sled, you know, just pounding, running, you know, super hard, Uh, more aggressive work than I probably realized he was doing at this stage, which made me feel really good. Good. But... I still think it's, it's delicate. This is a joint issue. We don't know how it's going to behave. The Bengals offense, not, I mean, they probably are dying to get him back in the mix, but I don't know that the rest of the offense supports him coming back anytime soon.
0: I mean, I think he'll be, he'll at least be starter relevant. I mean, he'll be yeah. a flex play at the least, hopefully a wide receiver two. I think the wide receiver one days are probably gone from that standpoint and, and not just because of him, but in part because of that offense and Andy Dalton but the idea that you can roll him out there, do I think it'll be worth the wait? I mean, with all the guys Here's that have been thing. getting
1: hurt. If you've held on to him this long, like what's a couple more weeks?
0: I'd rather have him than Emmanuel Sanders. I'll tell you that much right now.
2: That's a heck of a segue right there. Oh, is that a segue? Did I just it segue? Works out, it works out pretty well here. Oh, yeah. Uh, Kay, wa- Kay wants to know, can Emmanuel Sanders remain a wide receiver two rest of the season? Now, I would argue that maybe he isn't a wide receiver two in the first place. Yeah, right now he's not. Um, Kyle has said that he is 23rd. Currently in fantasy points, we were so excited
1: about him too after he looked so good a couple times, and uh, you know, right at the start of the season, late in the preseason.
2: Yeah, I think it's
0: going to be tough for me looking at uh, you know what that Broncos offense is, and what knowing is that, that
1: Broncos offense,
0: it's Philip Lindsay, um, and running the football, and some you know Cortland Sutton's Courtland coming Sutton? on a little yeah. bit, so we like seeing that. The idea that Joe Flacco is going to be able to spread around to have two fantasy-viable wide receivers is not something that instills a lot of confidence in me. Um, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you think Joe Flacco is elite, and I'm just the only one that doesn't, but I, I don't think that he's going to be able to so. to sustain wide receiver two rest of the season.
1: I will say this. I just went back, and I'm going to pull Matthew. I just went back and Well, let's talk at about this.
0: some player we talked about 15 minutes yeah, ago. that's
1: right, because the people want to know, and I want to do the work for the people. Do they? Okay. A.J. Green... Uh, they the the buy for the Bengals comes in week nine, which I think given <laughs> That's week yeah.
0: nine good you daniel
1: you learned to count on your yeah. fingers so good I'm, okay. <laughs> now kyle put like a, a
0: just a sign with a really skinny knife
1: white paper that i still can't see You wrote it and was like called a sharpie that's
0: so terrible and
1: that's uh, kyle. No, i need like a flash card like an index card with it
0: still can't see no. it no. still not no. show it to the camera kyle my he's holding <laughs> up a like you can't even <laughs> see it on the camera oh my gosh looks like a blank it's piece so of paper. bad
1: um your wife to be is a school teacher, is she not?
0: She is. Have she She took all the sharpies. She
1: took
2: all the sharpies.
1: I her help you with like paper, construction paper Well see, I was going
2: with the like fingers, but that just wasn't getting positive feedback no, either. Yeah, so. that's accurate.
1: Okay. Anyway, I think uh if I'm I'm just and I'm guessing here, I'm just spitballing because basically we haven't been given a time frame on A. G. Green, but just from like the little work that I saw him doing, I'd think, well, you know what, why would you bring him back before the buy? Well, sometimes they like to roll them out the week before a buy because they know there'll be an extra week off. Yep. Um, But uh, I I don't think so. I think that you're looking at week 10 as the soonest. So it depends on if you want to wait that
2: long. Okay. Tony is inquiring about the trade value of the Monday Night Football running backs. Oh, okay. Uh, wants to know, is Kerryon Johnson more of a buy low or is Aaron Jones more of a sell high? That's a tough question. It's
0: tough because I think Carryon would have been more of a buy low before the last game that he had. Now obviously coming off a buy, sometimes people can you forget that recency bias of seeing a guy, but uh I think those that Lions running game is getting more on track as they have sort of figured out who they are. Not saying that he's going to be a, you know, a, a top 7 running back, but they want to be able to utilize Carryon Johnson. I mean, they no longer have CJ Anderson. J.D. McKissick is a guy they're basically only using as a pass catcher out of the backfield. That's one area that carry on still is not being utilized as much as we would like to see him, but I think that's going to increase as the season rolls on. And I'll tell you what, as that offense gets better and gets in the end zone, it's going to give him more opportunities to be able to have rushing touchdowns, which I think is going to be huge. I, I personally, I would rather have carry on Johnson the rest of the way than Aaron Jones.
1: I think we don't know what Aaron Jones is going to be. We've seen one game where we were like, that's the Aaron Jones we've been waiting for. Yeah,
0: and in that same game, Trey Cannon got Trey Cannon, Trey Carson. Trey Carson got twenty snaps. Like, what's what's going on there? Like, why? I don't understand. Aaron Jones is so much better than Trey Carson. Like, what what's the deal? Well,
1: the, you know, he probably needed to breathe occasionally. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I I just don't know that I I might be a sell high on Aaron Jones because I'm not convinced. Four touchdowns. That what we saw is sustainable. 100%. In that offense. So I'd sell high on Aaron Jones.
2: Mark wants to know Would you prefer Gardner Minshew over Baker Mayfield the rest of the way?
1: <laughs> yes. 100%. 100%. That's not even a question. Until I, Actually, like,
2: it is a question. It's from Mark. It, it, Mark, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> That was, oh, that was okay. so good.
1: Marty pants. Am uh, I will my defensive about game my, game defensive about my team's quarterback? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's my quarterback. That's right. No, look. I, because, first of all, Look, I I am not one of those who's saying, like, baker Mayfield like, there's no chance.
0: Yeah, I'm going to say for both of us, baker Mayfield could turn it on at any moment, and if that offense gets clicking, we could change this statement right now, but the way he's been playing.
1: Right, and I don't think it's—I don't think it's—if it was going to flip that easily, that would have happened. I don't see that happening right now. I would go with a hot hand. Gardner Minshew, he's shown that he can find—he is going to make Jeff Swaim a top-20 tight end this week. Wow.
2: I think you can stop it right Chark, there. Yep. You
1: know he was in my lineup where I got over 200 points.
2: DJ Chark is really good. Yeah. yeah. D- much better than DJ Shark. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Cozy wants to know: Is the time now to get in on Stephon Diggs, or should I not look for that headache?
1: No. I I'm going to no disagree part.
2: with Stefania here.
1: Oh. I think okay.
0: I think he's a fantastic buy low candidate for somebody that you also are not. I mean. You are not selling somebody that you that is a you know fantasy viable are you starter him right away. Nope, but he's a guy that I would absolutely trade for to try and have on my you bench. Trade for him? I would trade a handcuff for a running back that is on that player's roster. I think that I would look at trying to get somebody else that is a maybe a high upside guy or a guy that has overperformed in my opinion. That I would be able to get Stephon Diggs for because if by any chance he gets traded. I have to think that he would have more fantasy relevance than what he's had in Minnesota. And on top of that, it is a long season. Yeah,
1: but that's not happening during the season.
0: Well, wait, him being traded? Yeah, trades have happened in the season
1: before. I know, but but do we really think that's? Reason? I think that You really Diggs, think that that's going to happen? I don't
0: think that he's going to be where he is right now for the entirety of the season. There's no... He is too valuable to... Not not in Minnesota. I oh, mean, like, he will not be the I thought fantasy... I thought
1: maybe he had some insight. No,
0: no, no, no. He will not... I'm not Phil Jades. I don't have a scoop hat on. <laughs> uh, I do not believe that he will be as bad as he has been.
1: But you're saying in Matthew's chair, so you might just make it up.
0: I could just make it up. <laughs> I I am in... If you, can, if you can buy low and not give back something that is of great value to you, the upside of him... I hate to say this, but he's like the O.J. Howard of tight ends right now. Like O.J. Howard's upside is so much more. I know, than but some...
1: how, when are you going to roll him out?
0: Never. He's going to sit on my bench until he <laughs> finally does something, and then I will roll him out there. So I, I'm not I mean... trading him for a starter. I'm trading him for a backup that could potentially help someone else's team. Like I said, either for a handcuff or a bye week, or they need they have to get a win. You know.
1: Yeah, it's got to be something that I that I makes me feel like it wasn't costing me
2: much. Agreed. 100 percent agree with that. One difference between O.J. Howard and Stephon Diggs, though, is that Stephon Diggs did not catch a foul ball at a Twins game. I saw that. Man. So that was O.J. Howard. I'm not sure how that affects Jackson your fantasy <laughs> outlook, but just, you know. one so good. One handed. Yeah.
1: I know. I think he was trying to show his team, like, look what I can do. No, guys. Well, he was on his <laughs> phone sp- well, sp- <laughs> the rest of the game. So I'm sure
2: the first text he sent to, you know, was to the yeah. coaching staff. Yeah. Like, hey, here I am.
1: How much is he loving? Like, that's all over. So it's good. like, yeah. By the way. This skill set available on Sundays, right? Every week.
0: Also, can you
2: believe they're still playing baseball? Man, how long <laughs> is that sport? <supposed>? Jeez.
1: <laughs> I don't know. My team's not in it. Mine neither. On the Niners.
2: Uh, Ryland wants to know: Damian Williams or Sony Michelle? Rest of season, non PPR. Key here.
1: Ooh, non PPR. Sony Michelle. Go ahead. Be different. Whatevs.
0: I was. I'm. Th- I'm thinking about the potency of both of these offenses. Potency. But- but I don't believe that James White is a guy that is going to take away goal line work from him. Rex Burkhead maybe, but I think they want to get him rolling. But they also they
1: want Damian. to get Sony. They made a point. They have been very adamant. And unlike most teams, when they're like, "This is what we want to do," when the Patriots say, "This is what they want to do," they actually usually go out and do it.
0: Yeah, and you know what, Sony Michelle is just a better running back than Damien Williams. He just is. The,
1: yeah, and I think the look, I was worried about his health because he's had the chronic issues with his knee but i don't know that he's been doing enough that i like i'm not worried about that right now. i'm yeah. more worried about him just getting going non ppr.
0: yes. Yeah, they're both yeah. in a big running back by committee, but i agree. i would take Sony
2: michelle over over damian williams. i would agree. Last okay. question here okay. from Eric. Okay. Papa Shoop. Papa Shoop. What's up, Papa? Um best streaming defenses this week. There's a lot of them here and i'll, I'll give you a list of Here's
1: one. The Patriots on I, Thursday night.
2: Yeah, because they're because <laughs> they're available in so many leagues. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you know, it's worth a g- shot.
2: <laughs> I will give you those some that are that are available in fewer than 50% of leagues because there's actually a lot of attractive ones um Niners. especially depending on who they play this week. Okay. The Ravens are actually available in 55% of leagues. They play the Bengals. Oh. Bengals. Then, yeah. Bengals are, have allowed the ninth are uh, ninth among uh, teams as far if as opponents. If you watched a Bengals DST. game, you don't
1: need a stat. You just know that wow, the okay. Ravens are playing the Bengals. you You just shutting me down right there. D- no, 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 but I <laughs> no, it's lovely that you had a stat, but I'm just saying if you've watched the offense struggle, yeah. and, you know, that and they will continue to struggle, I believe.
2: Are the Cowboys also on this list, Keith? Yes, they're available in 62% of leagues, taking on the uh New York Football giant. Uh sorry, New York Football Jets. And the Jets have allowed the most points. To DSTs this year. 18.25 per game. Wow. That's yeah. a lot.
1: Now, of course.
2: Patriots have a lot to do with that.
1: They have. Yeah. And there also hasn't been Sam Darnold. Correct. Yes. So, uh, you know.
2: But uh, the, the Niners boys. are available and they, they don't face a team that's been as uh, as beneficial to DSTs. Right. But the Niners are number two uh, in scoring for DSTs. And they're also number two in uh, Tristan's consistency ratings as well.
1: Oh, snap. And, but, you know, they've been forcing some turnovers. So I like, you know, in defenses, I like to look for teams that are going to have points that aren't going to be taken away from you, you know, mm-hmm. so it's not just points against. I'm looking for people who can score pick sixes, make turnovers, get sacks.
0: I, think, I think And the, I think
1: my Niners are doing all of those the Niners, things. I,
0: I agree. The only reason why I don't like the Niners more than I like the Cowboys or the Ravens the is just because of the Rams, yeah. just because of the matchup. They're on the road. The idea that... You know the Ravens playing at home against Cincinnati. No, but
1: okay, on the road, like it's a one-hour flight to LA. Oh my gosh, it's not like a big deal. And uh, you know, I the Rams and the Niners always play each other. Yeah, but the Niners
0: are traveling on a short week, which we all know is a big thing.
1: Especially (laughs) when you get on that, you hop that jet to LA. Yeah, that chartered jet in the same time zone for Um, a forty-five-minute flight
2: taking a team van like in college like, you know, you
0: that's sense, what it is just yeah kind of hop
2: in a van together
0: am i playing papa shoop in the league this week because if know. i am i'm not going to answer this question i'm not going to give him a defense to be able in the genius commentary league you
1: already did answer it
0: i think it's i <laughs> would go with the cowboys here against the jets
2: i, I do have a couple more to th- throw at you yeah bring cool. it seahawks play the browns seahawks available on 70 percent of leagues browns have been pretty turnover heavy they have to say and baker's taking his share of sacks um, and then also, this is if you're in a real deep league where like, you know, people actually roster two defenses and such. Washington. Washington and Miami. Yeah. Uh, both of which are, they're number two and three in points allowed to DSTs. Which one wins? Like, something has to give. If they end in a zero, zero tie, you
0: still get 10 <laughs> points because you points? didn't get, well, uh, <laughs> they'd find a way to still get negative points somehow.
2: I don't know how they would do it. That's the point That's- is there are actually a lot of, defenses to stream this week so yeah. you know look at your wire and see
1: what Game? Is, what is that game gonna look
2: like washington and and miami
1: yeah oh
2: i don't know it might look like this show
1: yeah. oh. no.
0: wow what keith hey Excellent. man
2: this is the is most i've talked in a said? show i think it tells you everything we need to know
0: yeah <laughs> it's the best show that we've had all year long fantastic thank you everybody for hanging out with stefania and i we are really sorry that uh prison mike and mr field g could not be here but we had a ton hanging uh ton of fun hanging out with you guys yeah we did i like this i know this will be fun next time
1: we'll give them more days off
0: yes we will unless
1: you tell us not
0: to all right make sure that you check us out like i said on twitter on youtube on the espn fantasy facebook page and in the espn app if you want to watch us or continue to download us where you get your uh your podcasts
1: yeah who are you on twitter
0: I am at Daniel Dopp. Who I'm are you? At
1: Stefania underscore ESPN. This has been
0: fantastic. Alright, guys. <laughs> Have a great Wednesday.
1: See ya. Peace out. It's no secret, not a mystery. The one that we depend on for all of our podcast needs. Graduate, full sell you. Alliance fan through and through. With the hippest beard, I'm telling you. He's in you.
2: Geico gets you access to licensed agents 24-7, which means that Geico is always there for you. If only everyone was always there for you, like your wife when you forget your keys at work. Hey, hon, you get my texts? I am looking for the spare
1: house key. Hmm, maybe
2: I can get through the window. Ah,
0: turns out the alarm works. Wow, it, it works fast.
2: You, you, you should probably call me back.
1: Geico, always there for you, with savings and
2: 24-7 access to licensed agents.